Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Space Trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles of the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, trashlings. It is the holiday season. Da-do-da-do. And we're coming to you live. This is Casey Bunker starting off the pod. A first. Hopefully not a last. I have Sarah and Molly here as well. And we're here to do a little bit of a combination of a podcast some of you may know, which was called Christmas News that Molly and I have done the past two years where we just talk about Christmas. We forget about the news and we talk about Christmas. And this is going to just be a little bit of a Christmas news moment on the amazing, impeccable Space Trash Pod. What are we talking about today? The number one streaming movie on Netflix right now, Falling for Christmas, starring Brett, that, that, that. I'm going to let my redheaded friend tell, say her name. The redheaded friend. Lindsay Lohan. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was pulling up the chart. I wasn't looking for the cue, but I did find headphones. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Honestly, you sound amazing. Fucking but yeah, back, baby. I'm, it's just me and two redheads over here. And we're talking That's about right. Lilo, the return of the man, the myth, the legend. The yeah. I so, was thinking, what should we call this podcast series? Cause you know, Casey and I have been doing Christmas news for two years and we decided it was stupid algorithmically to, <laughs> to spread the wealth around and we're going to combine it. Christmas Jews. Yes. Christmas Jews. Christmas Jews. But you're the only Christmas Jew besides Jesus. Right. Well, there have got to be others out there, but I just think in terms of rhymes. It is a good rhyme. I mean, because yeah. we are, we're combining it the way that like the Lord's holy, you know what, Ooh, combined with Mary's just... human egg without having sex. Oh. We're a little like space trash christmas news zygote and i was gonna say christmas trash but i don't think there's any th- such thing as christmas trash it's all valuable and recyclable worthy. well there's recyclable. definitely like a star there's a moment for some kind of a star pun like a space trash like a starry night like a it's there we just haven't we got to workshop it we got to workshop it star Ooh, this is fun. yeah yeah you know, we'll get back to that. So I think what Space we're Space Trash of Nazareth. <laughs> Nazareth. Space <laughs> Trash of Nazareth. Okay, we're going to. If anyone title. has any any good ideas, send them our way. Yeah. So what we're doing today is we're talking about the Lindsay Lohanessance through the prism <laughs> of this amazing <laughs> movie, Falling for Christmas, out now on Netflix, which we have all watched. We're gonna we're gonna go through a quick recap of the movie while Casey's on her lunch break. When Casey leaves, Sarah and I are going to go through the astrology of this moment. Sarah, mm-hmm. you're looking stunning. Did you get Botox finally? Are you kidding me? No, I swear. Did you? 
Thank you, Molly. No, the lights are on. So I think that's helpful. I literally just woke up and I just put on some cream and I don't even, I I just put on um, like literally not even looking in the mirror, smeared some eyeliner on and that's it. And I put a little little lip on. Maybe I've never seen you in daylight before. Well, you know who does have the perfect amount of Botox and I know it's not classy to talk about or speculate on this, but our girl, Lindsay. Actually, I was thinking about that during the film and I was going to text you uh, like, but then I was like, okay, it obviously is Botox because I've been now obsessed with watching stars and their Botox, like trying to figure out who does and who does not. And I, they all one do. Thing they I, all do. Everyone. Yeah, they do. What they about that do. model that's out talking now? She did a red table talk yesterday, Paulina, whatever. Where she's like, I 57. I don't use filter. Does she have Botox? Probably. I, I actually believe JLo doesn't because when she sang at the inauguration, her I, her forehead moved a lot. She does have fine lines. So I think she's the only one I've seen that's like and actually. she doesn't drink. I was I just going to her... say, yeah, she, she's like actually a healthy vessel. Right. Exactly. That's it. She doesn't drink. Neither does Kim Kardashian. I mean, this is the thing. But so with Lindsay, so this is Lindsay's big comeback vehicle. She's had a few other comeback vehicles. There was the Oprah show. There was the Canyons, which was more of a that wasn't a comeback oh, yet. She hadn't had was, her last gasp. What was the Canyons? It was a, it was by Brett Easton Ellis. It was basically an exploitation film with her and this porn star, James Dean. It was a very weird chapter. Yeah, I forgot mm. about that. But, you know, it was a weird chapter, although it was in, an incredibly apropos. Like, I will say something about Lindsay's career that is sort of fun to reflect on is that, like, as a star herself, she's had so many public like eras phases and she does have a a video collection that matches like every step of the way right yeah and I was thinking that for this for this movie too like it's kind of parallel to her life like a sort of homecoming this girl I mean we could should we talk about the movie but like basically the whole thing is kind of like I felt for her in the moment because she seemed so vulnerable and scared. And I was like, is that what Lindsay's been feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's such a good point. I mean, okay. Yeah. The reason I brought up the Botox is because there are a lot of reasons why now is the right time for this. One of which is that the the face work has settled. Her face looks fucking incredible. And we we open on a close up of her stretching and waking up and they give us immediate freckles wish fulfillment. Yeah. We get to see the frecks. Yeah. <laughs> we need more frecks in Hollywood and in life in general. But I feel like were the frecks there for the whole film? I don't know. I mean, I yeah, don't, where the- would they have, where would they have gone? I mean, they're not just lazy frecks that are running down the street. I mean, I feel like that was sort of a lazy eye reference, but then it really didn't work with lazy. And then the freckles are actually running, like taking the effort to jump off her face. So they would scratch that analogy. But like, I feel like her freckles were there the whole time. I don't know. Okay. I'm almost afraid to share. I want you guys to like dump all your feelings out because I, as the, as the Christmas Jews on this podcast, I had, I think a very different experience with the film. Yes. Okay. So what I, I want to say, they, she probably had makeup on in the parts where her freckles weren't as visible. And again, right. I just can't help but drive the point home one last time. She looks fucking incredible to be our age. She's like 36 or some 35 or 36. Uh, and makeup, hashtag no makeup on Netflix in HD. Amazing. Get it, girl. She's definitely wearing makeup, though. Even with the frecks, she's not. I mean, 
Although maybe that is, maybe that's a case for Botox, actually. Like exactly. Maybe that's actually the point where it's like, oh, no, you don't need makeup. Your skin looks like you're like, you know, a pillowy, you know, like 22-year-old. Right. The Botox, the the chemical peels, all that. So, yes, Sarah, as a Jewish person, you texted me, this movie is for kids. We shouldn't talk about it. <laughs> and I didn't write back. I was like, wow, I was stunned. And what I realized thinking about it when I watched the movie, I said, this movie isn't for kids. It's for Gentiles. (laughs) (laughs) It's for 30.5 million Gentiles. Right. This movie is for, this movie is for the white people who didn't invent stand-up comedy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was blown away that I, okay. I didn't, let me, let me say this. If I had seen it in theaters, I would have laughed. Well, but you I'm didn't absolutely. laugh at home? Oh, left. I, left. I would have left. I would have left okay. the theaters. And I've only left one other film in my life, and it was Sylvester Stallone's Drive. So I'm not, like, this isn't falling into my usual leave the theater category. In fact, it's very, very different. The only thing that's being driven here is a sleigh, but not even. I just felt like, okay, look, I'm not against i love christmas movies i love christmas who doesn't right but i feel like even in the kids movie like santa verse there's a lot of i mean we've seen so much creativity and innovation come out of the gentile minds of hollywood whereas i felt like this was <laughs> thank you thank you for such- tossing us that bone <laughs> you know i gotta give credit where credit is due there are some really really i thought i thought uh the santa claus incredible film right. i thought even like what was the schwarzenegger one where he was fighting over the toy the passion the passion you know and and this movie the by the end i thought oh okay they're having a george bailey moment where everyone's giving him money at the end and i did weep but that's also because of my own shit but i i wept at the end when they that's were that's important though that's so telling they got, me. they got me but during the film i was so struck with like how is anyone i don't know i guess like to me it's like i i do look for a little i they they could have surprised us in any way right well here the thing about this movie is in the in 1950s parlance this is a b movie you know like this is a hallmark christmas movie like yeah this is the kind of movie you can't go into it expecting jingle all the way yeah, Casey likes this kind of thing. I do not. I can't deal with these, the nine Selena Gomez is running around or no, Vanessa Hudgens. She's, you know what I mean? Like those, that genre of Christmas movie, I cannot get into. Casey can't get into it. A lot of people can get into it. Casey, how can you get into it? How do you not just sit there and see, uh, a kid's you know, movie? It's, yeah. It's because it's consistent, right? It's mindless fluff. It's, I'm in a small town. I'm the, here's, here's why. If we were living in the nineties, when rom-coms were well-made written by Nora freaking Efron and starring, you know, Julia Roberts, I probably wouldn't watch these. We have no rom-coms anymore. That's And a rom-com is where a basic female, such as I can be, I'm not going to say I am all the time, but I have basic tendencies Shades can of. go can go to fantasize about her life right like i'm a magazine editor in new york and 
I just can't find, I don't know why everybody's fantasy involves dead moms all the time because all of these movies do. We had two, two dead moms in this one. Cause they're monsters. Right. But it's the fantasy world and it's just also nice and like wrapped in a bow and pleasant and they fall in love. Like I want to watch people fall in love as you all know, with my obsession with the bachelor, which is also completely crap television. Well. Do you think they're really falling in love on that show? I think they're really, Casey and I talk about this at great length that I don't always even post. I do think that they are having, I think because there is no, I think we're not clear exactly about what we're watching, which is that they have nothing. They, if we were on an Island for, for six weeks with no phones and no computers and nothing but the other people around to fuck around with, I think some of them may fall in love, but I do think, yeah. They're having real emotional drama and real emotional experiences with each other because that's all there is to do. Yeah. So, exactly. okay. We're, go- we've gotten through the genre. Casey and I have done a lot of, um, genre analysis in our past episodes in the back catalog of Christmas news. If you want to listen to it. And this one has got it all. It's got a critique of capitalism in the form of the influencer boyfriend, which I actually thought was very inventive. And I thought the actor who played him was very funny and he played it really well. It's really hard to do a good spoof of an influencer because they're so people think they're so easy to mock, but I thought he did a great job. And that was a really great twist on the rich people are terrible thing. Well, and Um, then he ended up gay, which I liked. I know. Was that, I was like, am I imagining that that's what's happening? Was that the, no, that's absolutely what was happening. And I had, I I sort of, I liked that he was gay, not because he was an influencer, but because it explained why he was such an awful fiance or whatever boyfriend where, but then I, I, I mean, it got me thinking like, well, now that would have been a more interesting story. Why is Tad closeted on the mountain with, with sierra like why why the and then he just gives it up in two seconds oh maybe he wanted her money basically right maybe he wanted her money maybe he thought like that an heiress was just who he was supposed to be with but like it's just like yeah he didn't seem to have any qualms about like at the end being gay so it was weird that it took him until getting dumped by his fiancee to be like actually tommy what are you doing (laughs) yeah i think like immediately yeah, that's an important flaw in the script, which I'm sure you picked up on quite a few, Sarah, as a fellow film scholar like myself. Like, for instance, um, in the very beginning, Cord Overstreet meets with Lindsay Lohan's dad and his business plan makes absolutely no sense. Right. Please in- invest in my resort because the poor people who don't know how to ski at my resort will get better at skiing and become your customers. That is not how it works. Rich people go to rich people resorts, even if they can't ski and poor people, even if they're incredible at skiing, don't get more money off of it. So cord, that makes absolutely no sense. Why is an affordable ski resort failing? What's going on cord? Are you cooking the books or what? It's, it should be so easy to sell out a ski resort. And and then they, they had a dig at Airbnb in there. And she was like, the mom was like, they canceled again. They're going to Airbnb. And it's like, who is canceling hotels to go to Airbnb? Airbnb sucks. Well, that's a little bit where it's like, I mean, we know that this movie was released just now. When was this written? And like, it, I mean, because the other thought that I had for your 1950s point is that I was like, oh, maybe this is like sort of a 
like a Lindsay doing Marilyn, not that Marilyn's movies weren't like sexy and, and, you know, they were sexier than this, but like they were a little bit, not that they were childlike, but there, there's sort of a, a 1950s naivete that I do think that they were sort of trying to recreate in some way. But then it did make me think like the reason, the reason I thought, I thought the storyline in that way was them trying to say that he was not an influencer. That, like, if he yeah. was either, like, a conglomerate or an influencer, this wouldn't be a problem. But he's just a normal guy. Who's not that good at running a hotel. Well, and it then- wasn't his passion. It was his wife's passion. But I I felt that he was extremely hot. Really? Really? I was, he's actually, like, typically, like, if you knew, the, like, the guys I dated when I was in high school, like, he's very my type. Yeah, I, I love like, a like big. Like that I, Barney Rubble kind of a, yeah, kind of vibe. I love a, I love a big blonde lumberjack. He is, like, Barney Rubble. Yeah. Barney Rubble is very much the vibe, yeah. A lot of he blonde adult men. Yeah, he looks yeah. cuter with the hat on than with the hat off. Yeah. Wait, now that I'm thinking about it, Casey, you kind of look like you could be his sister. <laughs> Why would you say that to me after I said he's well, nothing Well, I guess I'm trying to tell you that you should wear a hat, but no, I'm attracted I to Barney Rubble. I'm attracted to you. I'm attracted to Cord. I think he actually has because you wow, know what? you're really making me feel great right now, Sarah. It's a Christmas miracle. I'm attracted, I'm attracted to everybody, but I just felt like he has that. He has the same look that you kind of do, which is just like that sort of like kind of. I don't even know how to put it because now everything I'm saying is like in my head. It sounds like maybe it's going to be offensive, but it's not what I mean. <laughs> I'm not. But, I don't get offended. Well, like, what I wanted to say was like Waffle House, like, but there's sort of like, a, okay, that's no, not I'm what offended. I mean. That's not what I mean. It's I was like, like, there's no way what she says could be worse than what she's already said. And then it was. I'm attracted. It's, but it's, there's like sort of, it's just like an all American, like, like okay. nice person look like, oh, like, that's nice. like good bone structure. There's something about your face and cords face where there's a kindness. There's a kindness, not in a nerdy Andrew from the bachelor way in like a sense, in an not in a like toddler way, but in like, yeah. a, right. okay. Casey does look completely American. You could you never know? find Casey in another country. Yeah. That's sort of what I mean. It's like, yeah, like you, at waffle house. I don't mean it in the way that we think of waffle house. Now I think more of like, like country breakfast in the morning. Like, I don't mean like, like 2 a.m. I don't want to look like country breakfast in the morning either. Like, I think you, if you were his first wife, that wouldn't be your baby, but that could have been your end. And then I wouldn't have died. Yeah, this is all good information. I I really liked uh, how Lindsay Lohan was wearing Gucci sunglasses as a Christmas accessory. She had on the red, (laughs) quote unquote, Valenyagi outfit and green heels and she had gucci sunglasses which were definitely not in the production budget and they were definitely the stylist's own or her own oh my god uh, so that was really cool i liked that um and okay, so what i just you- want to say real quick my mother loved the movie oh and so i watched it with myra and but she doesn't always comprehend things period and she doesn't always like sometimes like she has to watch a movie like 10 times she's you know she's not fully leaned in this she got it right away and the kids <laughs> movie she was she figured like but what she kept saying the whole time was like oh like she was like it's lifting because we well we just watched the patient on hulu which is very dark and then 
And then we put this on and she was like, oh, the hats, the accessories. She's like this. She got me like, this is exactly what I need. I need the color. I need the light. Like, and it's just so joyful. The little girl is so cute. She was like the little girl was so screaming cute. about every single thing that she loved about it, including the glasses, the hats. She bought us fuzzy hats. Like, so she was Myra as a Jewish mother was inspired. Yeah, because it's the fantasy world. Like, it's great. And so, so Lindsay at the beginning was like, such a rich bitch, just like fabulous. I could not believe the fact that her character had never skied allegedly while her dad owns this resort. That makes no sense at all. No sense. And then she gets like, so she gets in this accident, gets a concussion, is in the hospital, and they just give her to this man for him to take back to his inn, which is, you know, not a great practice. Um, because then- she's like annoying. Yeah, because she's well, it's not a great practice for him. <laughs> no, for like, for and for the hospital, like, just like, oh, yeah, we, you know, you can just go home with this random guy, you know, right, but I guess right. it's a small town. They probably know him, whatever. They know the comment he on runs. He runs the inn where nobody is. He could use <laughs> the company. Yeah. Comment on the American healthcare system, perhaps. <gasps> oh, snap. They couldn't find her insurance card. So they just pushed her out into the street. Wow. Oh, shit. You're so right. Wow. That hotel was vacant. This film contains multitudes. But then we see her. She's pretty much a different character. Like she's a completely different person at this point. I mean, she was still, it seemed like she was still nice in the beginning, but she was clouded by all of this wealth and these designers and such. Now it's like you started watching a completely different movie. She's so different and she's so nice and vulnerable, like I said, and just like scared. It's, it's I think that- I would have wanted her to be meaner at the beginning. Like the fact that the only real conflict that she was like facing was that her boyfriend is obnoxious and gay and that she actually doesn't want to work. And then at right. the end, it's like, who cares about the boyfriend? Who cares about work? It's like there were, she had no real, she actually wasn't as bitchy as people I know that are rich. Like she actually was sort of just like, I don't want to work. Yeah, also it was really interesting as a vehicle for her in particular because one of her first lines in the film is, I want people to remember me for more than my last name, as in she's an heiress, no one knows who she is as a person, whereas Lindsay Lohan is one of the last great charismatic movie stars that didn't get in on nepotism. Wow, yeah. This is becoming increasingly rare. So I was like, if this is supposed to be some sort of meta comment on how Lindsay Lohan is seen by the public. I don't think she's been seen as a, she might've been seen as a spoiled rich girl when she was getting all her DUIs and all, but like since then she's become a much more tragic figure. And I don't think that that really reflected who she was. Now, maybe she was saying, okay, this is an interesting film for me because it's a person who is unlikable, losing everything and building back better to quote the New Jersey hurricane Sandy motto. But like, I maybe that's what she saw in it. Or, you know, maybe I think she also could have just been like, I just want to do the most fluffy, innocuous movie ever to get the taste out of people's mouth of that time. I tried to abduct an entire refugee family in the streets of Paris. Right. I feel like what's going on here is that like, when we're, I feel like when we're talking about like Lindsay Lohan, like comeback movie, I think I think she had zero. I don't think she gave a fuck what i think she wanted it to be light she she signed a three deal a, a, a three picture deal with netflix oh, i think did? yeah so this is like a part this is one of three that are going to come out i don't know if they're all christmas related i think 
She <laughs> wants. To, can you imagine if they're all Christmas? She's doing three three Hallmark Christmas. That's what Va- that's what Vanessa Hudgens is doing with Netflix. And Candace Candace Cameron Burr. Did you guys hear about her? Under fire. Yeah. Well, she's Under doing fire. it with her own primetime cable channel or her own ex. With Hallmark, I think, or Lifetime. Or no, is it her own? No, because she's she's doing a whole new channel that's for like Christian family values. And she said it's going to focus on traditional marriage. That's what the whole the whole thing is. Oh, I didn't get that it was her own channel for Christian values. I thought she was doing that with like Hallmark or Lifetime. And I was like, how's that gonna work? I think if she said traditional marriage, Hallmark or Lifetime even would have dropped her pretty quickly, you know. I can't Mm -hmm. wait until she gets divorced. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like, fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a bit. There was a bit of shade. I thought maybe. I don't know if Lindsay was in on it or not. Um, they are recreating Paris Hilton's most recent, second to last engagement photos oh. on the mountaintop. Paris got engaged to Chris Zilka in Aspen on the mountaintop. Which also, listen to our last episode. You will know that Kathy Hilton made fun of Aspen a ton when she was there recently. But Paris's engagement was there. But it looked like a shot-for-shot remake of Paris's engagement. And she's an heiress. And Paris is an heiress. Yeah, of a Which of a hotel is. family. And I couldn't so, figure out if Paris also had a canary yellow diamond as well. She must have had one at some point. She's been engaged like six times. Sarah, what were you going to say? Go. Well, I was going to say th- that is something that I like. I felt like that was prominent. And I mean, if we do remember back to Lindsay's Dewey days, she was oftentimes Dewey. partying with Paris. So I feel like she was kind of making a statement. I think it was like a comeback film for Lindsay. On the one hand, because we've just been so like, where's Lilo? Is she okay? She's doing Dewey. She's doing refugees. She's doing Dubai. It's like, and then our, both of her parents are in prison. And then we're hearing from Aliana that she's depressed or whatever. And it's like, where's Lindsay? And who cares about the other low hands? Then she, <laughs> you know, then she, then she puts out that, that, that wonderfully, that wonderfully sort of um chaotic dance video from the club that went viral in Mykonos, that, in Mykonos where she was like ugh, ugh, like kicking yeah. and whatever which I love very Elaine very Elaine Seinfeld <laughs> vibes and but it was like okay so she's still kind of like having fun or whatever but then we really haven't it's just like oh she's all right oh she's all right then she gets married it's like okay I hope this isn't like Amanda Bynes marriage or whatever and then we hear that this is coming out so I feel like she was sort of I, I don't feel like she had any sort of concern about the plot. I don't think she was like, this is like my life. I think she was like, okay, is it light? Is it flowery? She is a, at the end of the day, a child star Disney kid. And she knows that long-term where the money is, is with the kids. So I think that she was mm. like, okay, let's do a Christmas movie where I can like appeal to my peeps and just like wear designer shit and have it be like gorgeous. And just like something that like my people will love to watch. Cause I'll just be doing the Lindsay thing and be like cute and like smile and be like shocked. I'm pretty when I walk down the stairs or whatever, and then get myself a whole batch of people that don't even know what a Dewey is yet to like bring into my future of like reclaiming my name as a charismatic movie star. Right. So Especially really strategy. Sorry. Yeah. Really cleanser. Yes. 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 A it's a palate cleanser. Also, um, she, I don't think she was, I mean, even though I just said, let's analyze how this reflects to her actual, you know, public image right now. I don't think she was in on any joke or even the point of the movie. 
in a certain <laughs> way, there were some line deliveries that I was just like, whoa, Linz. Uh, like when, when she's talking about her mom, I remember her perfume and her laugh, the way she used to brush my hair, the flatness of that line delivery Indeed. was, was shocking. And then there were other parts where like, there was supposed to be a joke and she completely missed it. Like when she's picking up all the clothes, the ugly clothes at the, um, the, the poor people hotel. And she's like, I'm sure no one left this here by accident. Like, it's like, yeah. no, I'm sure no one left this here by accident. You know, it was supposed right, to be right. like sarcastic. And she was like, I'm sure no one left this here by accident. And you're yeah. like, Ugh. and then Shit. that's yeah, a this- great call out. I, so yeah, I had bailed on taking my notes at that point. Cause I was like, this is for kids, but <laughs> you I did up. have a few moments like, cause I, well, cause I was noticing at the beginning, I was like trying to take notes and be like, what are the interesting things I'm noticing? Like I'll watch this twice. I was like, okay, I'm not watching this twice. And honestly, I have no notes, but you're right. I did notice that where it was like, and even at the beginning, like there was actual so much, I actually thought that car- the actor who played tad or whatever was funny like his comedic timing yes. was much better and like the hanging up on her and the, what i thought his i thought as an actor he and stone street both were lovely and they they inhabited the roles very authentically stone whereas street. i did feel it ch- ch- cord cord, cord my, my male <laughs> counterpart <laughs> yeah it's casey boy casey who's hot who i love and i would go to your bed and breakfast so i just i felt like Lindsay though was a little bit i felt that i i, I look forward in her picture i hope that two and three allow her to get her comedy sea legs back and we get to see a little because I, I thought the whole time she was a little bit flat and looked beautiful but like to me, I was also thinking, like, well, where was the director? Like, why didn't the because I I totally I know exactly what you mean. That exact line too is where I was like, this is bad because it was like exactly. that obviously it was a pile of ugly clothing, and then right, the, right, she was like, nobody left this here on purpose, and it was like, no, that's like a they're giving you a line. I think she must be so <laughs> exhausted. Like, if you're just partying in Mykonos for like two decades, and then suddenly sure. you're on set every day, like. It it must have been an uphill battle, don't you think? Like it, to, well, to emotionally invest and to get every line right, they probably were like, you know what? You win some, you lose some. We're gonna let some slide. Right. I would really be interested to hear how it was on set because the thing is, like you said, Sarah, she's been at this as since she was a kid. She's a pro. I'm sure that like in the depths of her Adderall, cocaine, whatever it might have been days, she still would have been able to turn it on in a sense. And she still can turn it on. But yeah, she was a little guarded and she seemed nervous. Guarded, Even when she, yeah. yeah, when she was on Fallon, she had this nervous giggle the entire time, like either last week or earlier this week. Like she is nervous to be back out here. And it's like, Lindsay, you've literally, no one has been rooted for, for a comeback repeatedly in this way in American pop culture history. Like there is not a single person who everyone has wanted to succeed. You literally just the fact that she seems to be like clean and sober now, which I would be fascinated to know how that happened, how it finally yeah, let's get stuck. her back, back on Oprah. Yeah. We need to know how it finally stuck. I mean, I think she learned that, that cataloging that process is not you know, a moneymaker for her and yeah. that the, the frothy fun stuff is. So we're, I think we're never going to really know the truth of that and, unless she is able to mount a full comeback and then maybe write some memoir or something down the road. But yeah, like it, the, the difference in her demeanor and appearance 
from the Lohan Mykonos reality show and the dance video to now is it's like two different people. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm reading this Vogue article and they basically ask like, well, what makes this Christmas movie different than other Christmas movies? And I will paraphrase here, but she basically is like, I liked the character in the arc. The script made me laugh out, laugh out loud. And she said, I've never really gotten to play a character like Sierra, who is aloof and running around like a chicken with its head cut off, which I don't necessarily agree with, but okay. Mm. Um, uh, so that was really exciting for me. I like to play a character where you can see the softer side to her to come back to not doing, to come back after not doing movies for so long, almost a decade. I want to find something where people can relate to both sides of her character. And it's really heartwarming. It made me laugh out loud when I read it. I love a light love story. And and it was important that it made me laugh or whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, I just, yeah, I didn't think that she, like, I didn't think she, her reign, the spoiled character at the beginning and who she was at the end was actually not that different. She wasn't a, she wasn't a jerk. She was just rich. Like, yeah. but she wasn't like, she didn't like pie anyone in the face. She didn't like tell the staff to fuck themselves. Like she was just a nice girl who had help. And then she was a nice girl who needed help. But that's the only real difference. And like, yeah, when she was remembering her mama or whatever, I just like, Aside from that point, when she came back from the hospital, like, you don't remember who you are, you don't remember your parents, your family, your job, your name, but you remember that you're a spoiled little brat, like, you remember that you're like, ew, these clothes, ew, this inn, like, how do you only remember that you're high end, but nothing else? That makes it like that, those traits are ingrained in her on a genetic level. Right. Like, you know, like, right, like, right, like, like her hair is red, she is just high end (laughs) yeah but I feel like I would have liked to see her at the end be like oh my gosh my Gucci sunglasses I've missed them or something like that like it like she would still have like it seemed like this love changed her so much that like when she remembered who she was she didn't care about the materialistic things anymore but it's like but she still would like she she still still like like, that would have been kind of fun to see them return that part of her the uh, the other funny thing is like it's been like two or three days that she's been staying at this place after her concussion and they take her skiing. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> like, why are we taking the what a great call skiing? Yeah, that's so true. And also like there was no need for another scene with her failing to ski. We've already seen that. Like we know yeah. she doesn't know how we know that she's going to knock things over. You know, and there we was know a- that she's concussed with amnesia. Yeah. Whoa. And also they gave themselves a fig leaf by saying she's got something like amnesia so that we do have plausible deniability for why she remembers that she's a brat and nothing else. I also thought the clothing was very up and down. Like the clothing in the first few scenes when she's rich was incredible. I want a fuchsia ski suit. I want the red Mm -hmm. dress. It was amazing. Um, After she gets back to the Res- the poor people resort which i'm sorry i'm just calling it that because i can't no, even understand. they were poor even the even the inn they it was literally that was the plot of the film don't say sorry yeah it was a poor not even the people coming the people running it nobody and like right. it seems like they I, I i don't understand how no one's there like just lower your prices or like or like put up put up a facebook ad Right. But so like, um, she gets to that resort and they give her the pile of clothes that people accidentally left there. And she's wearing this really beautiful après ski sweater. It said après ski and it had like an intarsia, uh, ski lift. And I'm like, that thing would have been 500 bucks at Anthro. Like that was not an ugly sweater. 
And but then when she comes, and it down also the, wouldn't have been the clientele that would have been at the at the inn. Right. Right. Exactly. Like it was, it made no sense that the sweater was that nice. Then when she comes down the stairs and she's supposed to look beautiful, she's wearing this terrible, like, you know, what's it called? Fashion Nova dress with, it, yeah, with a it was QVC like it was... jacket over it. The, the right. gold sequin QVC jacket. Mm. And I was like, what is this? Like, we're acting like there's been a makeover and like, she wasn't pretty the whole time. And like, this is the first time he's seeing her in this light. But I felt that way. Well, also because I'm like, wow, like somehow even in all of her like disheveled, I don't know who I am, Grace, she somehow had like perfectly blown out hair. Then it's like, yeah. all of a sudden her hair is back. Her hair was up. That was the only difference. Her hair was up. And he was like, oh. right. And her outfit was like insane. It's like, where it was, was fine. The- no, Sarah, that, that sequin jacket. I mean, the sequin jacket, but they, it's Christmas, you know, but I felt like it was kind of like a reminder to me. It, I felt like that was a for, I thought that was specifically for us to sort of remember, like literally, uh, Rachel Lee Cook walking down the stairs and she's all that. Like I thought that, was, that they did try yeah. to pull in some specific nostalgia specifically for us. And like it was, it was, it was, this was a movie that was made for, our generation who have children now so they can be like oh my god let's watch mommy's old favorite Lindsay," and then it will not only open up the whole collection again for the kids those movies do hold up but then i think they're kind of throwing in some like nostalgia for us but then it's like a dumb sort of shallow movie for kids yeah exactly i feel like what the director was more focused on than the performance or then if like it made sense or whatever was like hitting these particular like psychologically effective moments where it's like whether it's through fashion or like a callback or like the same shot or like I literally think that was the same dress that was in she's all that when she walked down the stairs like that was the vibe and then it's like yeah even like with the Paris engagement I didn't even put that together but it's so right that like somebody is out there going wait a second this is like Paris and Paris is an heiress and Paris is an heiress who got engaged on a mountain and you know that the metaphor okay they didn't fall off the mountain and forget who they were but they definitely didn't get married so you know i feel like they were giving us a lot of like pop culture nostalgia adult things to just like 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 you know like just like hit our little dopamine button and then otherwise it was just a simple kids movie that like they're like whatever just cut it like shoot it cut it let's just do it and like those christmas those Christmas Lifetime movie moments too that are like the the creepy Santa in town who's like right. secretly making like the little girl who's wishing for her dad to find love like hot cocoa this is what's so funny in these Christmas movies everyone just goes like oh cocoa want a cup of cocoa and it's like who's doing that that's not that's... no one just offers people cocoa but they what a fine do. life what a fine yeah. life yeah I was that was literally what I was about to bring up Am I crazy or was there like three or four hidden Santas with storylines that started and never really resolved and you never saw them again? just one Santa. Just the same guy. Didn't you think the Ralph guy was also meant to be a bit of a Santa stand-in? Who's Ralph? Oh, the The guy who Tad ends up at his um, his house. Wow. I guess you're right. And there was one more. I mean. Yeah, like it was so weird. And I was just like, why are they like there was a lot of storylines that just weren't really resolved, like also or or were like they were, like you said, trying to get these references in 
at the at the cost of the movie making sense like for instance the the george bailey thing where he's like we don't have enough money and everyone gives him all the money and then the next um scene where he's talking to the mother-in-law i wrote it down what happened because i just i almost threw my computer at the tv (laughs) the mother-in-law goes people were very generous last night and he goes i don't think it's going to make a difference without any reservations and she goes yeah you're right and then they never talk about it again. <laughs> invest the donations. Invest the donations in a little bit of ad. Right. And like, what was the point of that scene? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, no, the you're point right. Of that scene, and then they, it, end scene. The point of the scene was to show that they are dumb. And I think that they, no, I think the point of the scene was to show that they are, they're simple. And they don't even imagine that Sierra might <laughs> actually be able to help further. Yeah. I think it was so that Sierra could save the day again at the end. Yeah. They were just setting her now up. Now she's for... going to come in and help them. Well, no, now the dad's investing in it, right? Now the dad, her dad can come in and invest in the hotel. So I think the point was like, we tried, didn't work. We still need dad. Right. right. But like in, in, in film school, they would say, like they would <laughs> hand that script back to you and they would be yeah. like, it can't just be. Oh, we got the donations. Oh, it's not enough. Oh, like that would really be like destroyed in a film school. And they, and they would be like, you, you can have the donations not be enough, but it needs to be its own scene of a struggle where they're counting up the donations. Oh my God. The, the hotel is saved. This is amazing. Everyone's hugging. And then all of a sudden, uh, the, the tax collector shows up at the door and is like, you still didn't pay your 30 grand in back taxes. And then they're like, Shit. Like that's how you play that, you know right, what I mean? Right, right, yes, yes, right, wow, right. What a there journey been you a, just took us no, on. but that's why Molly's a better. Molly's a very good screenwriter, and that's why we are low key gonna Space Trash Empire taking over the industry after all the pedos are out. But mm-hmm. it's like I that's feel the only like, reason we haven't yet. One of, it's the vibe is wrong. The vibe is wrong. We're waiting for the it's calling. People, the calling needs to finally truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go you guys through. can you guys turn it over. We'll, we'll be there when you're gone. Um, but it's like. Right. That's exactly right. It's, it's, I mean, I do think that that was, that's a criticism that I have. It's why I thought this is a horrible movie and I'm going to leave if I'm in a theater because I mean, I even was like, let's watch something else. My mom was like, no side note though. My mom did think that the star was Britney Spears. So I don't know what a good, <laughs> she was like, I can't believe what her father's done to her for the last 13 years in the middle of the movie. And I was like, wait, she's like, <laughs> Lindsay Lohan has been so abused. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Classic mix up. Let me be clear. And then she's like, oh, because because I'm like, oh, Lindsay Lohan did it. She's like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, you know, from my childhood, she was like, you know, like she had depend- I was like explaining it. And I guess my mother twisted it up and turned it around with Britney because they were both kind of of the same era partying together with Peril. Oh, your mom had Brittany. something like amnesia. Oh, it's something like something like something like something like um, but, but OK, so. That's exactly right, though. I thought the whole movie was lazy in that exact same way. Right. They could have actually given us, right, a, a good scene has movement where it's not just the characters being like, yeah, hope's lost. It's like, <laughs> you think hope yeah. is found and then another inciting incident occurs where and now, womp, 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 right? Exactly. And so, no, there was none of that. It was very, very lazy. I also thought in, in that same vein, the... Like, okay, Lindsay's not delivering any comedic lines with any sort of finesse, but but then we have her doing, I mean, the level of slapstick in this mm-hmm. film, 
I was like, what is, go- we have her plunging toilets. We have her like, so this is, whoa, 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 like slipping and falling. We have her tumbling down <laughs> an avalanche. What? Like, I just, and it's, I, I guess, is it for the kids? I don't know. There are times where I think slapstick really does work. I tend to think it's a little bit better on stage. I think for the live show, slapstick's a little bit better. Movie slapstick, I don't know. Dumb and Dumber worked for me, but I don't want to rewatch hard. it. Don't ask me now. It's very yeah, you hard gotta... to make slapstick work on yeah. the camera. And this to me was like, what do you guys do? I felt like they were like force feeding me joy. Yeah. <laughs> like your fucking she... mouth and drink this joy. Yeah, when they're when she's trying to put the fitted sheet on the bed and she just has all her hands and legs out and she just goes and it right. and pretends that it's closed her up. I was like, right. What? Right. It's not about practicing having made a bed or not. It's like a pretty intuitive craft. Like it's like right. it's it's narrative. Nobody wants to make a bed. It's fucking gnarly. And it, and it's Scorpio season. It is a narrative task for sure, but it's like you just pull it you just pull it over the sides. Yeah. Also, like another line that she did not play for laughs was saying to the horse, thanks for your support. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, yes. like, bro, sell your horse. Right. right. Like, what do you mean you don't have enough money to run the inn? You have a horse. Also, like. Balthazar. Balthazar. Also, side note, what's, um, what's going on with her, the egg? It, she was so confused about how to crack the eggs. Yeah, I, mean, I think that was supposed to be slapstick also it was absolutely supposed to be slapstick but it read much more actual like mental patient to me i wonder if that's the part that made her laugh out loud like i really want to know the part of the script that made her laugh out loud she's cracking them in her palms or something what was, i feel like the whole thing was she was slamming <laughs> them again it is like funny in concept but it's a little bit like i don't know it's like, like even if you're rich like not only was she playing a character that was rich, but like her amnesia wasn't about not being rich. It was about like how, like it was like dexterity and like I don't know. Intuitively, no human being would be like, yeah. Like, <laughs> was, was it? Were they sure that she had rage issues? Like why? Why was she handling right. eggs in, in such the, a in such a way? The amnesia was almost unnecessary. Like she could have just <laughs> fallen off the, she could have just fallen off the snowmobile in a snowstorm and all the power went out and she couldn't contact her dad. Like better movie it actually been better because then she probably would have been bitchier and it would have been harder for them to fall in love. Like because yeah. the didn't go her to become like a caveman with the eggs. She was presumably always like that because she's never done any of that stuff before so you could still play that fish out of water trope without the amnesia 100 also like speaking of speaking of which on the same on that same line of thinking um the hospital we got to get the hospital next fundraiser we're getting the hospital computers (laughs) we got to get the hospital some computers and we've got to get everybody's cell phones i mean like, right. there is literally, somebody could have taken a picture of her face and done reverse photo lookup. She's a famous person. Like, like, also, if you have been meeting with her dad, Tad, or no, if you've been meeting with her dad, Jake, or whatever his actual, I don't remember his name was, but Cord, Cord, you met with her dad. You're telling Jake. me that when you- it was Jake. Jake, Jake, okay, Jake. When you're telling me when you Googled him in the first place, they didn't show, like, 
like if you have a daughter like Paris Hilton, if you if you search Rick and Kathy Hilton, Paris and Nikki come up. Like how right. you, how are you going to go to a meeting with the big investor and not actually know that his that his daughter is his one daughter who's there is this like he would notice her like you know what I mean? It's just like it's a little bit weird for him to them all to be like. I would have liked this movie better if they had just staged it to be from the 1950s. Like if they had yes. just made it a period piece, everything about it would work. The fact that they're trying to like make it like um like and what instead of Tad being a gay influencer, he just should have been like a gay movie star or something. But it's like this should have been this this done with the from the lens of and from the set of an actual 19 like making this like a vintage throwback would have been so cool but the fact that they're trying to act like there's no way to find out that i'm from down the street is like (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Right, like someone in of the town. Of course these people's in have no money. They're completely fucking dumb. Yeah. I also, okay, so this was supposed to be in Vermont, right? I don't know that if they ever said, but it, I, it, it seemed like they were close enough to New York. Like, okay. Oh, I got the sense that they were in Colorado. It was shot in Utah, but I I was thinking that this was like, like a, like a Telluride Aspen oh. kind of vibe. At first I thought they were in Europe and, you know, Vanessa Hudgens country or whatever, but then so, it became clear they were in America. I'm asking because this is the most diverse ski town I've ever seen in my life right but that was that, magical. i don't think from i don't think vermont i i actually think colorado probably is more diverse than vermont um surprising. i don't think so no i, don't know. I feel no. like i feel like the northeast as liberal as it sways is surprise like specifically new england is like specifically white it's very pilgrim right it's very segregated yeah, yeah. it's segregated and it's pilgrim whereas like i think that like I think colorado is too though not pilgrim mm, just white. i think skiing is you guys like, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, right yes yeah yes. skiing is like i don't know it's kind of like a notoriously white people thing and yeah, i agree i don't know i thought I, I i thought it was good that they said you know what we're gonna just cast we're gonna give the little girl yeah, an abuela and we're gonna call this diversity yeah yeah i i thought what else was funny was when like at the fundraiser she did this fundraiser they slow dance they're obviously falling in love and then Tad and Dad just show up and they're and like, Dad. there she is. We found you. And they just rip her out and take her home. It's like, dude, it's Christmas. She leaves without a fight. She doesn't yeah. put up a fight whatsoever. This is why, like, 
like with a bad script or like, okay, I shouldn't say bad. That's not, it's nice. a bad, it is a, it's a bad script. Okay. Let me caveat it with, I have also written many bad scripts. So, okay. I'm an expert. Same. I'm a horrible bad script writer, but I did yes. think this was in the, this would be invited to the bad script party. Right. So one hallmark of a bad script, no pun intended hallmark <laughs> is that they are like the people are like Sims. They are just moving around and doing things <laughs> with no apparent motivation whatsoever. And like her leaving with her dad and Tad, which why did they name them dad and Tad? It was so confusing because that's what they're they're No, no, they're riding on rhymes. And now, again, I know, like, like the bad script party it takes one to know. And I'm going hard on rhyme. If I dad and Tad, you know, they're like dad and Tad. <laughs> they think it's hilarious. Yeah. They're so but yeah. She was like a sim. She was just like a sim that turned her, did a 360 and walked out, you know, yes, like, yeah. yes. And not like even, I don't Christmas mean a 180. Eve. I mean, literally a 360. She turned all the way around like a weirdo and walked <laughs> her out. Her clothes like, changed yeah. like in the Sims when you do a 360 and then she walked out, she was into jammies and she was going back home. Very strange. Well, yeah, it didn't make any sense. Like hang out. It's Christmas Eve. Thank the people that took care of your daughter for four days. And I guess like maybe they were trying to tell us she had brain damage. But she also organized this entire fundraiser. I know, but it's sort of small potatoes case. I mean, we could, uh, yeah, like other thing. Where did these people come from? If they're from town, why are they staying at the North Star Lodge? If they're from all over the country, why are they flying there for Christmas Eve? The one takeaway I got, because I thought, oh, this is a message for you, Sarah, and your business, which is like, you know, like, don't be a martyr for so long that, but it's like everybody stepped forward and they were like, we were, we were just married and we didn't have a single penny to our name. And you let us stay here for a week for free and take really good care of us. It's like, what a nice guy, but like, obviously not good at running the business. Right. Yeah, you can't be doing that. There's your answer. There's, and they didn't pay him. Problems. They didn't pay him back until they got asked to. <laughs> right. At the Christmas ball with some hot little thing, basically saying like, you guys should help Jay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Casey has to go in three minutes. Casey, do you want to, what was your peak and your pit? Let's do, let's do it as a trash cast. What was your rose and your thorn? Oh, a rose and a thorn. Um, rose, I think, is just like a happy ending. <laughs> so wow. I love the cheese. I love the cheese. Um, no, I don't know. I can't think of anything else because the Santa was kind of weird. He was kind of odd. I was trying to like it, but I was just like, you're giving me the ick a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Pitt would be... Um, her just leaving Jake and Abuela and Abby high and dry. I hated that. That made me really sad. And and it was so strange. Yeah. Okay. And then Sarah and I will go through ours when you're off mic. Can you just, as a Christmas expert, can you tell the people, um, what is your, what are you looking forward to this year in terms of Christmas media, film, TV, everything like that. What's coming up that the people need to watch that we will talk about on this yet to be named Space Trash Christmas uh, Mighty Morphin podcast. Well, I hate to brag, but I'm going to go see Mariah Carey live at Madison Square Garden. Wow. Performing her Christmas music specifically. So I encourage you all to watch it and go with me. But watch what is she putting it on TV? No, but you said, what should we tell the people to watch? You can't watch it unless you go see it and you commit like I did. Oh, but they can watch your Instagram stories. 
they can watch my Instagram stories and they can watch her special from last year on Apple TV, which was fabulous. I don't know if she's doing anything like that, but that is definitely going to be a peak moment of my season. Um, Otherwise, I think there's a new Will Ferrell Christmas movie coming out. Oh yeah, I'm excited to watch that. It's sort of a Scrooge thing. Yes, it is a Scrooge thing. Topically, Ryan Reynolds is the Scrooge character and his Scrooge trait is just that he tweets all the time. That's pretty Scroogey, honestly. Yeah, so it's it's like our it's like a comment on like I guess social media addiction and like online vitriol. Yeah, I mean Twitter's pretty negative most of the time, so it's pretty Scroogey. I love everybody just making their handles Elon. That's very funny. I know. Yeah, yeah. I deleted my account. What? I don't think I have. I barely. Yeah, because I account. don't use it anyway. So I was like, let me. This is a good moment to just get out of here. I still have mine because I'm verified and I have like six thousand followers. So I'm clinging no. to that until I die. Oh, We're taking yeah, that check absolutely. mark. Same with I have a check mark on Facebook for some reason, and um, I, we will keep the account active until uh, blue check marks are no longer the thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks, ladies. This has been great. Ho, 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 snitches. I love you. Is that the name? What? Ho, 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 <laughs> snitches? I love that. Ho, 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 <laughs> trashlings. I don't know. Maybe. We're, oh, okay. we're getting close. We're getting close. Yeah. The Trash ho, ho, hos. We'll workshop it. Santa's, that is. Oh. Bye. Wow. That was too Whoa. many puns for me to even Whoa. get on top no, of as they were all coming she's out. A, she's a pun master for sure. Yeah. Casey has gone back to the North Pole. Sarah, it's just me and you. What was your rose and thorn of this cinematic experience? I thought the little girl was outstanding. Really? You thought she was that good? It was almost like a torch passing from Lindsay to Abby. I thought she was really adorable, easy to watch. I I thought she, I don't know, I thought for, like, kid actors are, are kind of just okay, you know, in general. I thought she was pretty good. I thought she was really, like, I thought she was really good. I, I liked her. She was, Yeah, she was selling it. She was, she was, she was selling it. And per our conversation with Sandy, I was thrilled to find out that the stuffed animal's name was Sarah. And then that Lindsay adopted the name Sarah for herself. I thought there was, there is a Sarah on the pole. How nice. Sarah in the North Pole, that is. I know. It was so pointless and (laughs) weird that her real name was Sierra and her fake name was Sarah. And they didn't even go into like, it wasn't even like she said to the, daughter like wow you almost guessed my name we're so connected they didn't even acknowledge it well i feel like it was the same that that's where all this writing is bad and the whole movie's bad but that's like this because it's the same thing as like like i don't remember anything but i remember that i have really high-end taste and i remember my mother's smell and it's like your mother's dead and your name is almost sarah so like like i think it was the kind of thing where they were like oh sarah and then she's like that feels familiar and then she's like my name will be sarah you know and it's like right. i think that's what they were doing they were trying to make it like like but she, she didn't even... almost remembers because it's almost amnesia but she didn't even have a little light bulb moment like they should they could have played right. again well like, right right i don't know if the director was asleep at the wheel or Lindsay was just not taking direction like i would be really interested to know why i'm actually curious tell me what your rose and thorn were be- oh side note though, what i want to say I felt that the whole movie was bad. <laughs> I think it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I will never watch it again. And I, I like from the beginning, I, I, I was like, it's beautiful. Like it's nice to see and the fashion and the whatever. But I was like, like the minute that we met Tad, even though I thought comedically he was a good actor, 
I was like, this is going to be over the top slapstick. Like there was no moment in that film that we were like, wow, they really love each other. Exactly. I really wanted to bring this up with both of you guys. Um, I was thinking, you know, I love to ski. I love the ski aesthetic more than anything. I mean, that's what really keeps me coming back. Why are there so few good movies in the ski aesthetic and so many garbage Hallmark made for TV type things? Okay. I have my, you want to know my first thought? This is not a thought out answer. This is an intuitive guttural, guttural response. I think it's because of face acting. Okay. And like the thing about ski aesthetic is that for the most part, aside from like this, you're really bundled yeah. up. So, you know, per, you know, our blonde conversation and if you but guys there's the lodge. Watch- Right. There are so many incredible cinematic moments in a ski trip. Like House of Gucci is the only recent thing I can think of that has great ski moments. And I think there's a few Mission Impossible and Bond ones that have a bit of a skiing smattering. But yeah, like it surprises me. Okay, I I think two ideas that have come out of this conversation as we are superior screenwriters to the number one, I think like a ski a ski resort like murder mystery would be kind of fun. Like, because right, it's like this enclosed area where they're right. Not only is it it's almost even like in a dirty dancing way, it could be the kind of thing because it's like there is like the staff of the seasonal inn that is gorgeous and that everyone is gorgeous in. And then there's like the regulars, and right. then there's like the people there for long-term rich people vacation. Then there's also people that are just like coming in and out for the weekends. Right. And it the, actually and- should be a like a, a more a, a more used like location and and plot sort of generator i agree that's an interesting i yes i agree right and the instructors are hot and the fashion is amazing so okay my wait uh, wait, real quick though other idea that i think we should write okay revenant santa revenant santa like he has sex with a bear well i think that's it's we can talk about that in sort of the in the edit room but just (laughs) like the way that you're describing the guy, what was his name? Terry, the guy who Tad fell into his, his Ralph, Ralph. But like, you're saying he had like sort of a Santa-esque vibe. And it's like, we always think of Santa and like, what's he doing on the off season as like, oh, he's just overeating. He's hanging with the elves. He's whatever. Whereas yeah. like, I love the idea of like Santa actually being like in a cabin in the woods, like Weird. really roughing it. I just think it would be an interesting take on the, on the Santa story. Okay. Um, okay. Cause I didn't get Santa from him necessarily, but when you gave Santa as like, wasn't he Santa? Like I was like, Whoa, yeah, right, like, what is wilderness Santa? What would wilderness Santa be like? That was so, what was so weird about the movie. There was no rhyme or reason for why this guy needed to have a beard and a red hat. There was no reason for him to be in the movie. I mean, right. that's the thing. There were so many things about this film that were so just like, like extra, like, like, you know, if you don't like superfluous, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, if you don't like a sandwich with crust, you're going to hate this. Cause it's like a lot of it, even if it's pretty is crust. This is artisanal crust. Yeah. 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 Okay. So my rose was Lindsay looking so good. Yeah. Giving a good vibe. The fashion. I loved it. It was definitely the first, the first 15 minutes or so were a feast for the eyes. And then when she went into the the other resort that kind of ended but it was nice to see her hair 
Um, she definitely had extensions, which I think if you woke up from amnesia and felt your head and felt these right. beads coming out the back, you would be like, what the hell is this? So that was a missed opportunity as well for a comedic moment. But yeah, absolutely. That was my rose. Um, what was my thorn? My thorn was probably it's just the, bad sc- the, the script. Bad. The script is bad. The movie's bad. The whole thing is whole thing is 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 a little bit hard. It's a little bit hard for for such an easy film. But I just did a little bit of research, and the woman who directed this is mm-hmm. named Janine Damien, and. She seems to have a long list of credits that are other Christmas movies or these other movies that, like, I've never heard of um, or like, you know, Flicka, Country Pride. I, I maybe maybe remember that from our childhood. She directed Hot Tamale. She directed Much Ado About Christmas, Love by Design, Christmas Waltz, Marley and Me, The Puppy Years, A Very Christmas Princess, A Very Princess, A Very Princess Christmas. Now. Moon dance on the But now, what we have, we see her, what is coming up for this director. We have Falling for Christmas, Lindsay Lohan, the first recognizable star on this whole IMDb. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Shout Out Mall, Shout Out Nick. 2023 will come out her next film, Irish Wish. Oh, I'll watch that. It oh my God. American fantasy romantic comedy. Were you auto served the Brooke Shields Netflix film where she goes to a Scottish castle? No, that I'm interested in. I know that one I actually think might be good. And Nick, I was going to say this when you said your mom thought that Lindsay was Britney Spears. Nick has face blindness full on. He thought it was <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner. He thought Brooke Shields was Caitlyn Jenner in the oh in the God. trailer. He was like, is that Caitlyn Jenner? I was like, yeah, Caitlyn Jenner starring in a movie about going to a Scottish castle at Christmas. Caitlyn would be so happy to hear that. That's true. That's true. But what yeah, I think what about the screenwriter? Okay, yeah, let's find out who the screenwriter is. Because, because I think it's, it's an awful script. Yeah, writing is a perpetual sore point for Netflix. Like yes. it's the biggest issue on every Netflix show. Because even the budget on this, I think in terms of styling was fine. In terms of locations, everything else was fine. And I'm thinking like, okay, maybe, I don't know if this is true at all. I'm speculating. I think when you have... Um, struggles in your personal life as an actor, it becomes more expensive to insure you for a movie. Yes, I That's agree. why, yeah, a lot of people, you know, when they're having personal issues, their career tends to tank at the same time. It's not necessarily because they're doing a bad job. It's because if they're late to set, things like that, like it costs a lot of money anytime there's a delay on set. So if someone's known to be um, that's why Johnny Depp's career was tanking before he even started dating Amber Heard. So they become too expensive to insure and it's prohibitively costly to do the film. So, so it's like, okay, maybe Lindsay's insurance was really high. Um, and her rate was really high and they had to skimp on the director and screenwriter. But the thing is like, I think, I think a lot of people would have written a better script. So tell me what, what the script writer's deal is. Well, I don't think that they, here's the thing. I just want to say, I don't think that they skimped on the screenwriter or the director. I think that they like in the same vein of, we have to spend a lot of money to insure Lindsay. I think there's also the question of like, can we insure Lindsay's talent? Like, I think this was, 
a test balloon. Yes. Like, I don't think they were sending her the next girl interrupted. Like, Lindsay, what do you think of this hard hitting script? I think they were like, okay, Lindsay, you, you want to dip your toe back in the water of I make movies. This could not have been an easy, like, th- like she could, everyone could do a bad job at this. And it is, it's just such a, it, like, it is light. Like, this is a light piece yeah. of content or whatever and it's like it's, I, I don't think they skimped on it. i think they made a decision like okay like maybe like yeah we're thinking about budgeting we're going to spend less money on the screenwriter on the director but and spend all the money on Lindsay. but i don't think it's because like they were like because we have to make it work i think they were like this is the way to do this because Lindsay, we don't know before we get her into mean girls too and she's actually going to be like like launched into the public sphere again with another mate. Like this is not going to be a classic. Like this, this isn't to me in the same level as fucking canyons, but just a different vibe, but it's still like something that people might not remember unless this was like, other than this being like a comeback moment, we would never, this was, this will not be like remembered that this, they're going to take this off her IMDb page. Yeah. Like I think canyons was because Brett Easton Ellis and James Dean were like the kind of, like she was kind of on her last legs in terms of people even giving her a chance whatsoever. And like for Brett Easton Ellis, this weird ass movie, no one was going to make it for him anyway. It was super low budget. James Dean is a porn star. He, no one wants to cast a porn star. So like, yeah, it was the same kind of vibe. But so what can you tell me about the screenwriter? It's really exactly what you would expect. There are two screenwriters are these two guys. They similar to the director. Like they must have just literally gone to the lifetime offices and been like, Hey, who wants to like do a deal? Like it, it, now, it's all why just can't like, we get that job, Christmas, Sarah? Christmas in the plaza, Christmas everlasting hope for Christmas. This guy's doing bad Christmas movies. Uh, Sarah, why can't, why can't we get that job? Why can't we, we do absolutely that? Absolutely can. We just need to write a script. I have like three. Oh my God. Send them to me. Well, I haven't edited them in like two years. I know what you mean. I mean, I, I'm, I'm the same way. And, but it's like, why can't we do the jobs? Because, because first of all, because we've been avoiding working at Netflix officially or working in Hollywood officially because of the pedos. So that's oh, like, yeah, first I of all, forgot. don't, we can't that's rush cute. the process. We got to get the pedos out before the, before the trash gets in. And, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I mean, I do think though, I, I, I agree with you where when I see movies like this, I think, okay you know what? Like, we're going to make movies because this is bad. And if this bad movie can be made also because like, we are like, you're in London, I'm in New York. It's like, okay, we don't have Lindsay Lohan on our phones, but it's like, we do have enough people like, like we could just take a a person who's about to be a star or, you know what I mean? Like we have enough peers where if if we wrote, if we wrote Michelle or Kat or something, a horrible rom-com to just kind of get paid for and just play around with, but I think it might, it might work. It might be able to sell it. Yeah. Um, On the point of Mean Girls, on Fallon, Lindsay said that the directors wanted her to put in a Mean Girl reference with Jingle All the Way because, you know, she released a single along with this movie. Right. Uh, Jingle Bell Rock. Sorry. And they were like, oh, let's do a quick Mean Girls reference. And Lindsay was adamant. No, you don't touch Mean Girls. And she said that on Fallon. She was like, no, I told them we can't touch Mean Girls, but I'll do a single. I mean... I, I I think that's cool. She she does have taste. I mean, Mean Girls is going to be. I mean, she still has a future, but like, that's I her white think whale. That's her white whale, and it's also why like this movie, on some level, even like strategically, it's almost like it had to be bad because unless it's going to be better than Mean Girls, we want Mean Girls to stay the the low hand like banner pinnacle film because it is truly so good. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. But I do think there is a universe where we can come back for a Mean Girls too, where they're all Facebook wine moms now. Like, I really do yeah. think there is a possibility for that. And like, all we, the only person we need to work on is Tina Fey. And like, Lindsay was like, and Jimmy Fallon was like, do you think you'll do Mean Girls too? And she was like, it's up to Tina. And like, you know, she's been leaning on Tina for it for years. Well, yeah, and I'd be interested to know why what Tina's hesitation is because it seems like it would be kind of something that would tumble out of her, you know? Uh, so that's sort of an interesting question. Like, I well, wonder I mean, what has been her holdup. I think this is, this is getting on the track toward being able to do it. Like this yeah, test yeah. balloon film, this film is like, you know, obviously it's not citizen Kane, but like people are liking it. It's cute. She did, she did good. She's, a draw people are watching it so like right what it really was was a test of her set behavior more than anything it was like is she hireable can she work let's give her three bad movies to prove that three times she can show up and do this grueling job and if that's the case then right then maybe tina will put pen to paper and get something going because right she's been specifically unreliable for a decade so and that's okay probably more more than that i mean yeah so i i i think that's sort of interesting i mean did you see mean girls on broadway no is it good i didn't see it i was sort of like sometimes i get in these phases where i'm like angry about something like but it's obviously like there's something deeper going on i don't know i saw mean girls came out on broadway and i was like fuck that i was like what the fuck is mean girls doing on broadway like that's it don't touch the classic like yeah 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 i mean maybe it's good though it could be fun but it's like there's no i don't know i just feel, i i would have to check if tina wrote the music then I'm open to it. But it's like they got someone to, I had to check. I have no idea if she, but if she didn't write the book and if she didn't write the lyrics, then it's like, don't fucking fuck with Tina. I also like full disclosure. I was like, as a little baby teen feminist, I was annoyed at Mean Girls when it first came out. Like I like it now, but the thing that I didn't like about it is the fact that when I was growing up, it was boys that were mean and they were fucking torturous they were so mean so I was like why are we doing this whole movie about like you know girls are mean and like it's just a huge pet peeve of mine when people are like girls are meaner than guys because I'm like no we're really not like every war was started by a man in human history there's Women are just, not meaner than men that's absurd it's absurd and also like the in the way that yeah sure maybe I mean, people expect women to be nicer because they expect women to be matronly and like their moms. So that's mm-hmm. why if you think women are meaner, it's just your own bias that's mm-hmm. making women seem meaner than you think they should be. And the other thing is, okay, yeah, men and women are different in their meanness, maybe. And I will take the female approach any day of the week. You can say whatever the fuck you want behind my back. I don't give a right. fuck. But if you come up to my face and tell me, hey, every all the boys think you look fat at this pool party in seventh grade, which a boy did. Thank you very much. Like, <gasps> that is horrific, you oh know? God, that's like horrible. And I know people are going to be like, well, girls do stuff like that, too. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Well, but, it, I mean, it's just clearly Tina was a nerd. And so that was, like, her experience of it. And but also, was it even? I mean, I think Tina has mean nerd syndrome, where she she's the mean nerd. Like you know, when there are kids in high school who are like theater geeks, and not all of them at all. But there are a lot of like theater geeks or band nerds who are just like jealous of the popular kids and sit there and hate them and obsess over their every move, even though they're ignoring them. Yeah, I actually know what you mean. Because like they're not actually really mean to like I guess who would you say is the Tina stand-in? Probably not even Janice Ian, but 
the guy, the gay guy, the gay guy. He's the right. Tina well, stand them, like them, the, the two of them. Yeah. And they're not even mean to the gay guy They're They say the girl Janice Ian is a lesbian, but like, they're not, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think they're mostly ignoring the two of them. So right. I think that's Tina's main beef with like who she would consider to be a mean girl is that they're ignoring her. Yes. Cause she yes. has such a complex about like, She's always talking about how she's like not pretty and stuff. And it's like, no, you I are know, so you pretty. Are. Got this yeah. little button nose and you look great. Even with like very minimal makeup, you look awesome. So like, what are you talking about? You know? Well, and it's like in, in terms of like the SNL, like cast, like archives, it's like, there are characters who are ugly. It's like, it's like, if you're not playing the the troll in the sketches, you're not ugly, Tina. Right, 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 right. Your weekend update because you look like a news right, anchor, which means you're pretty. pretty. <laughs> right, you're you're attractive. You get to play normal roles. Like you're not playing the troll. You're not playing Debbie Downer. You're not playing these like caricatures of. You're playing like yeah, newscaster, like mother, and like she's she she's the pretty one. Just she's the, yeah, she's the straight man yeah. um, in the old timey saying of it. Um, but yeah, so, okay, let's get into the astro. I love it. So I guess my question for you from an astrological perspective is what are you most curious about? So, um, okay. I, I want to the- know if this comeback is going to sk- stick. Ooh, a great question. Is this comeback going to stick? Okay. So this movie came out on the 10th of November, 2022, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some very hopeful, I mean, I guess the question is like, what does it mean for a comeback to stick, right? Like, like, on the one hand, do I think this movie is going to stick? No, I think this is some wet snow. But mm-hmm. I think that... Great analogy. That was a really good metaphor. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but I do think that, okay, so like, on the day that this movie came out, the moon and Mars were in Gemini. And then we had this big stellium of planets with the South node, the sun, the uh, Venus and Mercury all in, um, all in Scorpio. It was right after the eclipse. So why I think that's sort of symbolic just in terms of longevity is because anything like Scorpio season, which we're still in is about death and rebirth like there is a transformation it's not just death but there is a required endings that then lead to these new beginnings or it's sort of like the trans the transferal of like it was this way and now it is this way right so i think the fact that this is being released in the middle of these two eclipses like sort of like she is coming back from the dead wait so what is the second eclipse the second one was Taurus. So like on the, okay. on, on the eighth, there was a Scorpio eclipse on the, uh, or whatever there was. It does, I don't get the time. I didn't know. It doesn't what matter. Yeah. Was it. But it's like the first, there was a Scorpio eclipse. Then there was a Taurus eclipse, but that's the, you know, there, the, that's the axis. And so I feel like, and I'm going to look at it in Lindsay's chart, but I feel like in general, this, you know, oh wow, this is really interesting actually. Okay. So let me just say that in general, anywhere where you have Taurus or Scorpio in your chart, which like you have it hardcore mall, uh, mm-hmm. and, and anybody listening and actually Lindsay does too, but it's like, there was a death process that was taking place in Scorpio. That's been really taking place in Scorpio since November of last year. And the Taurus energy is about 
breaking down old power structures so that we can actually come back into like long-term stability, long-term safety. Now, what's interesting is when I look at Lindsay's chart, her moon is at 17 degrees Taurus. So the North Node and Uranus have been sitting opposite all this stuff in Scorpio on her moon in the 11th house of the public. So yeah, during that that second eclipse, you know, North Node and Uranus were sitting on her moon in the 11th house. I do think that this is like almost like just eclipsing her old persona out and like bringing this new persona in. There's almost like a total death of her. It's like, don't worry about it, Lindsay. Don't, you don't have to protect mean girls any longer. This would be now a fresh, stable, new beginning. Now, I think that like, okay, so, so she is a sun in cancer, moon in Taurus. So I feel like for Lindsay, this will be a come, this will remain a comeback, the low Hanasan's evolution. If, she can actually continue to take proper care of herself and nurture herself in a way that isn't like too overindulgent or doesn't like, hopefully those party days are behind her. It'll be interesting too, because the next new moon is right on her, right on her Saturn and her Juno. And she's talking about this, this film is where she got engaged. And so it'll be interesting to see how this film sort of sets the stage for her to, have acting be an option for her life's work but I don't know I mean I'm looking at her chart I don't I don't know if I, I how do I want to put it you don't know I, if she really wants acting to be her life that's exactly yeah like I think she, I think this is a this could be the kind of thing where it's a little bit more of like an ego thing where she's like I want to I want to make money I want to not be embarrassed about my persona I want to I hypothetically, I think this was like her testing out, like, do I like this? Do I want this to be what I do with my life? And what I think might come out of it, like moon in Taurus, sun in Cancer in the first house, like, I think she might say, okay, this three picture deal with Netflix was helpful. It was informational. I got a lot out of it. But then I think, you know, because she does have a lot of businesses overseas. She is getting married. She does have a lot of other shit going on. I feel like what, what my hope would be is that this was like the reintroduction to Lindsay and we're like, okay, she's hireable. Okay. She's safe. But I think if in the future she keeps making movies, I, I hope that th- she would be like quadruple times more discerning about it. Like, I think instead of being that Taurus moon energy where it's like, I am safe. And like, I want to show you that like I can make money and I can deliver like a reliable product. I think now the evolution because now that she knows that she can should be like what do I actually want my legacy to be what do I actually like these are not legacy films Mean Girls is a legacy film so does she actually want her legacy long term to be as an actor like is 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 Mean Girls enough as and and her whole roster from before then enough as like the banner headline for her life for her to actually go you know what I kind of just want to I just want to start an Airbnb. I just want to be a homemaker. Her midheaven is in Pisces, her legacy, her career legacy. And, you know, Pisces midheavens, aside from being like artist, healer, it can be kind of like a a career where you do a lot of different things because you're kind of like the master energy. So it's like anything that she does moving forward and that she's done, like she is Lindsay Lohan. She branded herself as Lindsay Lohan. 
Um, so she doesn't need to act. This isn't like a requirement. She doesn't need to act. She doesn't need to put out music. She doesn't need to do anything. So I think that this is sort of like a good touch point for her to be like, okay, you know what? I am a safe, stable person. You all thought I was cuckoo. I'm not. I'm a safe, stable person. You all have a new image of me. Now we can really all think about what we want from me moving forward. And I don't know if it's acting. I think it could be, but I don't know. I also think it's interesting. Her rising is at 28 degrees Gemini, which is like right where Mars went retrograde. So right now, Mars is moving retrograde until January through her whole 12th house, her psyche. So she's kind of rethinking everything. She's probably feeling very inward. Things are coming up from her past that are triggering her or things that are coming up about what visions of the future that it's like, it's like, this is a slow down moment for Lindsay. Then Mars is going to go direct from January to March, it will go direct. And then in March, we're all going to be stepping into this very new era, sort of like it will be a different world than it was, than it is now. Oh, so I think When is all this shitty stuff ending? Did it, it still didn't end. No, it's not. It's not. End. I mean, it's, it's kind of like life shitty, you know, but I feel like from now until January, like mid January, while mm-hmm. Mars is retrograde in, in, Gemini it is just kind of like intern what the whole thing for everybody is like there's like an internal uh coming together of anywhere within us where we are like split-minded so anywhere where we're sort of like I want this but I also want this or I I I'm proud of this but I'm judging this or like I'm 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 angry I'm sad like there's a lot of split-mindedness about what's possible for us about storylines that we've been keeping in our heads for a long like our whole lives are now being rethought like well wait a second if I see the story from this perspective or if I look at it from this way or if I rectify these two these two storylines and actually look what the bigger picture is there's a lot of inner changes going on about who we think we are and what we want to do and who we want to do it with so I think that actually is an underlying like hard part about this time because even though there's a lot of shitty stuff going on and there's a lot of shitty movies coming out and it's like we're all feeling energetically zapped and there's sort of a sense of everybody being like I don't really even know who I am like I'm seeing all these areas where I thought one thing and now this other or I found myself in this position that I haven't been in in a while or that I never thought I would be in and then you're witnessing yourself there and going wait who is this person so I think from now until January it is just very much about introspection I do think that uh like literally you should start feeling better already finally we have Venus and Mercury have moved into Sagittarius. So there's a little bit of levity, you know, and then finally like this 20 on the 23rd, when we have our new moon in Sagittarius, it will be the marked ending of this like period of literal darkness and death. The Scorpio season will officially end. And it is a very, very abundant, joyful new moon. And so I think the end of the year, even if it's like internal confusing, doesn't feel like things are moving forward fast. I think the energy is going to be a lot lighter and a lot like it's going to feel better. But then I think from January to March of next year, it's very much like, okay, from the internal, I've emerged with some instructions from, from my higher self. And then Mm -hmm. we're kind of going to be doing that work until March. And then come March, I don't know if it's going to be easier, but it will be like, Pluto will move into Aquarius. Saturn will move into Pisces. The vibe is going to be so different. And then the nodes are going to move into Aries and 
Libra. So like this is the end of this chapter really until March of next year. We're finishing out the storyline that's been going on for the last two years. And actually for the last 15 years with Pluto and I mean, these are large cycles that are all ending, but Pluto has been in Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008. So like all of us Capricorns, we are going to have a huge relief. Thank God. What do you think her Lindsay Lohan's um, like destiny is? What's her son? She's a cancer son, Taurus moon. You know, it's hard because her birthday is not so far from mine. So we don't, our our charts are fairly similar. Um, But I do think, I mean, she is here to do like North node in Aries in the 11th house with her moon in the 11th house. She is here to do something public, something social. She is here to be a leader in things. Like she is here to North node Aries in the 11th house. She's here to, she is here to open nightclubs. She is here to be that like star that we see on the big screen that leads us all into, I mean, she actually is, she is a leader in her own right, aside from just like the hair and the charisma. She does penetrate the cultural sphere in a way that leaves an indelible mark. Like she, she really does like Parent Trap, even though she's remaking a classic, hers better. She is right. a powerhouse. So I think she is here to like take on group work, whether it's filmmaking or opening nightclubs or whatever. I think at the end of the day, what she's really, really here to do is like shore up the finances and like just overcompensate on some, like, like whatever issues her parents have with money and with substance abuse or whatever, she's kind of here to just return. She's like here to be a return to safety. She's here to be like a beacon of maternal like health. And I think she is here to break those karmic cycles and lead the family into a new direction in terms of like, okay, this is this is how the low hands do it, actually. It's not Dina. It's not Michael. Lindsay, even though she's a product of them and went through some of the same things that they did, Lindsay's building a foundation for Aliana and little Michael and whatever moving forward. Like, she is a matriarch, actually. She is here to be the sort of the the face of this this new karmic way of doing things. And she's leading the low hands into a future where they're not just like Long Island you know, set jailbirds. Great. I love that for her and them. Yeah. I love her. I will always root for her. I don't know what it is about Same. her. Of all of the like girls of our era, she's just, I think she's everyone's favorite. Oh, I think so too. I mean, there is something about her that is, it's, she's so, she's such a perfect blend of aspirational and fucked up and messy. Mm -hmm. like she's so human in that way yeah and in her movie roles I think I think she is really relatable but also really like pretty and aspirational like you said yeah like yeah like she's she does I think this she was not the best actor in but she's not a bad actor and she's not a bad she's she's actually good at what she does when she puts her mind to it but I do think that she does tend to get a little lost in the sauce. I mean, she has been, it's not, not only was she raised as a child star, but I do think that, I mean, where my mother was right on, which is the same as like Lindsay and Brittany, what they do have in common is that as children, they were the breadwinner for the family. Exploited. Exploited. Yeah. And so I think that we have to leave space for the, for both Brittany and Lindsay to heal from that. And then sort of go from there in reinstating their careers with this north node eclipse cycle Lindsay's moon and taurus that is what she's doing she's kind of like coming at us with like a whole new like 
actually I am safe. And like, actually I am reliable. And actually this is the work on a basic level that I want to do. But she's allowed to keep finding that out until the end of the eclipse cycle, because actually when the nodes shift, she'll have a nodal alignment and we're going to really find out what she is here to do. I mean, it will be interesting to see. I, there's something about her chart and this, I don't know where this is coming from. It's just the thought, but again, with that Taurus moon, like I would almost be interested to see if she becomes somehow like a leader in month, like if if she were to start to talk about, it sounds crazy, but like capitalism or money to people, like, because I, I, she's in a unique position where she didn't grow up with money. She, she became mm-hmm. the breadwinner for this family. Now she's having money. She's managing money. She's opening hotels. She's, I mean, I do think that there is a part of what she's here to do that is related to teaching about, I mean, Saturn and Sagittarius, she is here to sort of teach about, and I think she is here to teach about wealth and, and I don't know, I I could, if she she ends up with a masterclass and how to go from zero to hero and make it last, I wouldn't be surprised, but she didn't do that work her first herself. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think she's here to be like a money on some level. She is like here to, to teach us about money. Yeah. I can't think of what, what she's here to do because she is such a movie star yeah. And the movies that she's rose to stardom in do not exist anymore. So right. it's hard I to mean, say. If she, if she becomes the sort of like, okay, I don't count this as, obviously this is a rom-com. I don't count this as a rom-com. This is a Christmas movie for kids. Yeah. But if well, she, no, it's a Christmas movie for like babies, middle America. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 100%. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I think if, I think she does have the star power and the likability and the sort of, yeah, that, that movie star charisma, like you said, where we're going to be interested in whatever she does. And if she can now, like, okay, I pumped out these three movies. I know I can do it. If she became not only like maybe more of a creative part, like I would love to see a, a movie where she was a part of the writer's room. I would love to see a movie where she's actually I, I would love to see her now take this like affirmation that she can handle being on sets and that she is a reliable coworker or whatever. I would love to see her take this and then actually in the same way that she did it with like Parent Trap and all of her early hits, like surprised us with like either rebirthing a genre or I don't know. I think because because the thing about Lindsay is that like she does everything, even if it's like sort of like sweet sweet disney shit but like Lindsay has an edge yeah so i think when she is involved in the creative in whatever way more of that edginess i mean she is a long island criminal's daughter i love that about her like i know i I would love a biopic from her i would love like an actual like i would love the story of the low hands would be interesting yeah i could see her being a producer i think the problem is when she starts to tap into that edge it's really hard for her not to go off the cliff and right but i think she would be in really good hands in like an hbo limited series or something or maybe she's the star of season three of white lotus or maybe ryan murphy puts her in something like i think she needs a visionary director or showrunner to really get her and get what she can do and and get that out of her right it's so the difference between like this and mean girls where it's just like right like Tina really worked with her, whereas here it's like the director was literally texting during the shoot. (laughs) She was on snooze. Right. Okay. Well, I think that's a great place to leave it. I love it. I really enjoyed hate watching this film. I can't wait for the next Christmas Jews ep. And Mm -hmm. uh, and otherwise, yeah, join the Patreon. Let us know what you think. 
Yeah. Patreon.com slash space trash podcast. And I think next episode, we should talk about the Taylor Swift Ticketmaster fiasco. So thank you everyone for listening to our first hybrid Christmas news space trash episode. There will be more. Join the Patreon. Period. <laughs> space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and your race. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.